0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast. Making Theology Central. Okay, class. It's time for us to check in with one another and see how we're doing. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday, February the 11th, 2022. It is currently 12.08 p.m. Central Time. And even though I'm in an empty sanctuary here, Victory Baptist Church, Middle of Nowhere, Texas, well, the, the, the virtual class for the Bible study exercise goes way beyond this sanctuary, way beyond the middle of nowhere, Texas, to states all over the United States of America and to people in other countries as well. So we have a lot of people participating in the Bible study exercises, which is absolutely great. But I have to check in. And I know sometimes when the teacher checks in with you to go, hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? You, you know, I, I no, no, leave me alone. I, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it, but we have to talk about it. How are you doing this week? How have you been doing this week for this week's Bible study exercise? Have you accomplished anything? Did you, did you uh, find all of those verses I told you to, to look up? Did, did you find all of those verses that I that I gave you a challenge to look up? Uh, did you, did you spend this week really reading Uh, The text for this week, remember the text this week, Uh, Genesis chapter 41, verses 28 to 32 and 47 through 54. I gave you some other verses to read as well, but those were the main ones. Did did you read that? Did you spend a a lot of time this week thinking about hard times? Now, you may not have given it much thought this week, but let me, I'm pleading with you. I'm pleading, 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 pleading with you. We've got just... We've got tomorrow, and then Sunday, we're off to a new uh, Bible study exercise. So, So the week is almost over, but I am pleading with you to understand this, that hard times, difficult times, can have absolutely devastating impact on your spiritual life. Hard times, difficult times, is a spiritual pitfall Waiting for everyone. It's just waiting there. You're going through your life. Everything's going great. And then boom, some difficulty, some trial, some tribulation, some, some just annoyance comes into your life. And then spiritually, you just disintegrate and fall apart. It doesn't require a lot to, for difficult times to completely derail you in your spiritual life. Just, I just, again, I want you just to consider this. In light of just your daily life, how just one little thing can go wrong and you don't want to listen to a sermon. You don't want to read your Bible. You don't want to pray because you're irritated. You're you're mad at your spouse. You're irritated with your kids. You're mad at work. How one, just little things can derail you spiritually. I, I really, 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 really want you to understand. We've got to think about difficult times because it is a spiritual pitfall that is waiting anyone and everyone. Look, I. this week, you may not even care about difficult times. You may be saying, this is the best week of my entire life. Everything is wonderful. But I. But you don't know what's coming next week. You don't know what's coming next week. And if it's difficult, trial, tribulation, problem, tragedy, pain, suffering, if you don't prepare today, spiritually, then when that happens, you're going to find yourself down in the pit, and I don't want to get the phone call going. Hey, hey, hey! I'm down in the pit. What did you say about hard times? What? I I I skipped that Bible study. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. It's like, you know, sitting teaching uh, something in school, and you've been teaching it all semester, and then you give the class a test, and they're looking at you like, uh man, I didn't pay any attention. I I didn't do that. I don't know what to do now. You've got to prepare yourself for that spiritually, because they will. It will come, and so we're using this story in Genesis thirty or Genesis forty-one to to really put this idea forward. So let's go through Genesis forty-one, so that I can show you. Here's Joseph. Remember, he's the he's the he's the favorite son. Everything's going wonderful. He's got his best life now. Everything's going great for Joseph until he finds himself in a pit with his brothers contemplating on killing him and they decide not to kill him but they sell him into slavery. Then he becomes a slave. Then he gets falsely accused and he ends up in prison. Now, he's made himself back out of he's got himself back out of prison. Well, not God has worked him away out of prison. We we could get we could talk about God's sovereignty and all of this. But he has found himself now being brought uh, back because basically Pharaoh's had two dreams. Pharaoh's had two dreams, right? And I'll just read the dreams. Genesis chapter 41, verse 1. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. And now this seems to be two years since Joseph has been forgotten. He's been in prison now over two years, completely forgotten. He was falsely accused. You talk about difficult times? That's difficult times. All right. So Joseph has a dream, has, has a dream, and he, and, and he, that he stood by a river. And behold there came up out of the river seven well-favored kine and uh f- uh fat fleshed and they fed in a meadow. And behold seven other kine came up after them out of the river till uh, ill-favored and lean fleshed and stood by the other kine upon the brink of the river. All right, so he has a, he has a dream about these these this, these cattle. And s- some of them, it says seven. Let me, let me go back through this again. A uh, seven well-favored kind, fat-fleshed, and they fed in a meadow. There's seven healthy-looking cattle. There's everything wonderful about them. They look great. They look wonderful, all right? But then seven other come up, and they are ill-favored and lean-fleshed. So seven great-looking cattle, seven, ooh, man, they look sick. They don't look very good. That doesn't look good at all right? And the ill-favored and lean flesh kind did eat up all the seven well-favored fat kind, so Pharaoh awoke. So then the lean, the ones that look bad, eat up the other. And you're like, whoa, what in the world was this dream? This dream is bizarre. This dream is absolutely crazy. And he slept and dreamed the second time. And behold, seven ears of corn came up upon one stalk, rank and good. And behold, seven thin ears blasted with the east wind sprung up after them. And the seven thin ears devoured the seven rank and full ears. And Pharaoh awoke and behold, it was a dream. So now you've got corn. It looks good. The one that looked bad, the bad that seems to then uh, take up the good. All right. So this is, this is a bizarre Dream about corn and cattle. All right. Seven things that look great, seven things that look horribly bad, and the bad seems to eat up and get rid of the good. All right. That that's somewhat of a confusing, disturbing dream. We we can all understand that, right? I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, I, I put it this way, we can understand what the dream is showing, we may not understand the meaning of the dream, but we can at least understand the cattle, good, cattle bad, bad take gets rid of the good, good corn, bad corn, the bad seems to get rid of the good. Okay, what that ultimately means would be confusing, but the basic imagery there is understood. That's what I'm trying to say. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. So they're like, we don't know. We don't know what, we don't know. We, um, cattle, corn, good, bad. I they don't know what to do with it. All right. So then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh saying, I do remember my faults this day, I do remember my faults this day. Pharaoh was wroth with his servants and put me in ward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed a dream one night and he, uh, we dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream. And there was, th- there was with us a young man, an Hebrew servant to the captain of the guard. And we told him and he interpreted us our dreams to each man according to the dream he did interpret. And it came to pass as he interpreted to us. So it was me, uh, me, he restored unto mine office and him, he hanged. So he's like, hey, I was in prison. There was this Hebrew. He gave us the interpretation and the interpretations came out perfectly just as, as he interpreted the dreams. So so in other words, hey, I know this guy. I know a guy. I know a guy who can help you out. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon and shaved himself and changed his raiment and came in unto the Pharaoh. So now Joseph is finally getting out of prison. Finally, finally, all right? And he's he's gonna be given an opportunity to interpret a dream or two dreams, I should say. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I have dreamed a dream and there is none that can interpret it. And I have heard say of thee that thou canst understand a dream to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not. It is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, In my dream, behold, I stood upon the banks of the river. And behold, there came up out of the river seven kind, fat-fleshed and well-favored, and they fed in a meadow. And behold, seven other kind came up after them, and poor and ill-favored and lean-fleshed, such as I have never saw in all the land of Egypt for badness. And the lean and the ill-favored kind did eat up the first seven fat kine. And when they had eaten them up, it would not be known that they had eaten them, but they were still favored at the beginning. So I awoke. And I saw in my dream, behold, seven ears come upon one stalk full and good. And behold, seven ears withered thin and blasted with the uh, east wind sprung up after them. And thine ears devoured the seven good ears. And I told it unto the magicians, but there was none that could declare it unto me. All right, two dreams, cattle, cattle, Corn, good, bad. The bad gets rid of the good. All right. That that I'm, I'm I'm oversimplifying, but you're getting the basic idea. All right, basic idea. Now, here's Joseph. Joseph interpret this because no one else can. All right. Now, here comes the interpretation. And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh is one. God hath showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. Stop right there. This is very important. He's going to show him what he is about to do. Demonstrating, once again, God's sovereignty over everything. I, I, I cannot just, I cannot, I know as we continue to go through Genesis, I continue to emphasize this. This is such an important concept, especially with dealing with suffering. It's such an important concept, but I want you to just hear this. What this dream is about, what is about to occur. There's gonna be some good times. There's gonna be some bad times. So use the good times to prepare for the bad times. This is a, a basic understanding of what's happening. The, the seven good, those are gonna be seven. That's gonna be seven. Uh, well, I, I won't give anything away yet. Because ready. That's gonna be a, a period of time that's good, And the bad's gonna be a period of time that's bad. So during the good, prepare for the bad. Let me state this spiritually to you. When you're in a good situation, use the good to prepare yourself for the inevitable bad that will come in your life the tragedy, the sickness, the pain, the death, the the financial issues, marital problems, problems with your kids. Problems with your own self, doing something foolish and stupid that hurts yourself. Prepare yourself spiritually while things are good, because the bad is coming. Now, we'll see exactly what I mean here, all right? But just please note that this he's he's showing what God is about to do. I was hoping someone would suggest 41.25 as a memory verse, even though, see, I don't think it's actually, is it actually a part of our uh text. Hang on, let me look here. I can't remember the exact text. Oh, no, our, our, our text actually starts in 28. So, but 25 would have been a good memory verse for this week, but all right. We we, we went with something completely, I know, well, well off the beaten path because I just thought it was interesting, the names that were used here. But okay, let's continue. The seven good kind are seven years. That's what I was going to say, but I wanted you to read it. Seven years. Seven years of good, seven years of plenty, seven years where everything's gonna go great. Now, you can celebrate and rejoice and enjoy those seven years of blessing where everything is great. You can, but please, spiritually, when everything is going great, prepare yourself for the seven years where everything's going to go horribly wrong. Now, it may not be seven in your life, It may be one year of good and then three years of bad. It may be one year of good and 18 years of bad. Use the one to prepare you. Use the time now. Memorize scripture. Study the Bible. Prepare yourself spiritually so that when everything falls apart, you're spiritually at least prepared Not you're a sinner still, so you're still going to have your struggles, but you're as prepared as you can be spiritually so that it's not destroyed. Look, I'll just, I'll try to use, I'll try to use my own illustration. I became a Christian. Now I tried to use that time as much as I can to learn and to learn, but I did not learn what I needed to prepare myself for the inevitable tragedy that was coming in my life. I mean, I was a teenager. I didn't know that it was it was all getting ready to go downhill. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Christian now, praise God, everything's great, 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 great. I'm trying to learn, but no one's preparing me that uh, inevitably tragedy is gonna hit your life because I'm thinking now that I'm a Christian, I mean, God's on my side. And if God is for me, what can be against me? I mean, everything's going to go great, right? All things are going to work together for good. Everything's perfect. I can do all things through Christ. I mean, I was quoting all these scriptures because that's, I mean, I had a complete different understanding of a lot of these concepts. And then next thing you know, well, guess what? I'm no longer living with my family because everything went from bad to worse. Okay, now I'm living with another family. Okay, wait, my mom just called me. On a Wednesday. Oh, great. Well, she wants me to come to the house on Sunday. Okay, maybe we can have some, a reconciliation. Maybe maybe, maybe things, see, see, I knew God would work everything out. I knew he was going to fix everything. I knew every, I am going to finally maybe have a relationship with my mother. See, everything's going to be great until Friday happened where I'm told to go to the hospital and basically my mother's dead. Well, what, wait, so when, wait, whoa, what, whoa, what just happened? What just happened? I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared. And spiritually, it was absolutely devastating and destructive in my life. You got to use the the time you have now to prepare yourself spiritually. Because trouble is coming. I mean, one way or the other, it's coming. It's coming. I mean, if you believe in biblical prophecy, things are going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Are you prepared spiritually to deal when things get worse and worse and worse and worse? And the church basically falls completely apart. I mean, look at the condition the church is going to be when Paul talks about it in Timothy. It's going to be a, a bad situation. All right? So the, the seven the, the seven good kind are seven years. And the seven good year, ears, I keep saying years, seven good ears are seven years, okay, The dream is one and the seven thin and ill favored kind that come up after them are seven years and the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. There's going to be seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. And please note, God is in charge of all of this. It's one of those absolute troubling things. You know, because if God's in charge, then there shouldn't be famine, right? If there's God is in charge, there shouldn't be pain. There shouldn't be suffering. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. And there shall arise after them seven years of famine. And all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt. And the famine shall consume the land and the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of the famine following, for it shall be very grievous. In other words, the seven is gonna be so bad, it's gonna eat up and destroy everything preserved or everything that you got in the good years, All right? Not preserved, but everything you had in the good years, because you'll see why in a minute. And for that, and... And for that, the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh twice. It is because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. See, God is establishing it. God's going to bring it to pass. God is in control of the entire situation. God is in control of the entire situation that brought Joseph from favored son to in a pit to in a prison cell. God is in charge. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and let him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years. In other words, during the plenteous time, save up, save up, prepare. And let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh, and let them keep food in the cities. And that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. In other words, during those seven years, prepare, save, 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 save up, so that when the famine comes, You can open up and you are prepared. You have, you're going to be preserved through the bad because of what you saved up during the good. Spiritually, you've got to, in a sense, be storing up all the things that you need so that when the bad comes, you are prepared. You are prepared spiritually. Now, I gave you a very simple Direct assignment. Now, one person sent me their work. Um, I've got it right here. And I'm very, very appreciative to me. They sent this to me on February February the 6th at 5.15 p.m., I think. Or this is the time they started uh, putting the document together. I'd have to look at the email when it was received. Right? And they just title, entitled the document Suffering. Now, I'm just going to go a little bit. Um, I wanted this posted in the Discord channel. Uh, the person hasn't posted it in the Discord channel. But that's great. But I'm going to still use it because I think it. it I, I like to. I like to see what you're doing, right? I, I don't like. I don't like this just to be about me. I like you. I, you're an essential part of the Bible study, right? It's it's for you. It's not just listen to me. I, I listen to you too because that's how we learn. Iron sharpeneth iron, right? That we're we're in this together, right? We we struggle. We we may disagree, but we work together to try to f- find the answers and the truth. So, I wanted you to look at this entire story as in a way that kind of resembles your spiritual life there's times things are going good how are you preparing yourself spiritually so i said you need to find you need to in a sense have a a, a you're you're building a scriptural a scripture preparation kit where you're prepared right you're, you're 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 preparing yourself for the inevitable. And so I said, find scriptures that would tell you that that warns you suffering is coming. Remember, the Pharaoh received a dream saying it's coming. He he was given a warning of what's coming. Well, the Bible, I think, prepares us that suffering is coming. You need to know those scriptures. You need to have them memorized. Why? Because when suffering arrives, you won't be like, oh, what just happened? I can't believe this. You're like, well, I was warned. I was warned it was coming. That now I'm not saying that immediately makes everything better, but at least you're not, you're not taken back by it. I was so shocked when my mother died. I was like, wait, this is not how Christianity is supposed to work. Now I know I was young, so it was going to be shocking no matter what. But from a spiritual point, I wasn't prepared for it. I was like, wait, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. God's not going to take my mom when I'm young. I mean, come on. Everyone's mom lives to their older. I mean, I, I, I mean, come on. I need a mom. I mean, you know, I've lived, I've lived far more of my life without a mom than I ever did with a mom. Okay. I've lived I don't even, I mean, I can't even remember her voice. I can't, I mean, I can't, I mean, there's very few, and very little things I can even remember. So um I, I wasn't prepared for that, but I should have been prepared. So suffering is coming. Those are the first verses I, I told you to look for. So the person who sent this to me, he sent the following. And here's the one that he I, I was hoping he was going to uh to include, I'm not. I may not read all of these, but I'm going to read some of them. He he gave John 16, John chapter 16, verse 33. I think there's one in Job that, in one of Job's speeches where he talks about basically life is trouble is a part of life. But uh, that I was hoping that one would be included here. But John 16:33 says this: These things. This is Jesus speaking. These things I've spoken unto you that in me you might have peace, but in the world ye shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. This tells you suffering is coming. In this world, you're going to experience tribulation. That's a promise. That's a scriptural promise. You're going to experience it, saved, unsaved. Now, some people experience crazy amounts. Some people far less but it doesn't you can't please don't fall into the trap like well I can't compare my suffering to other people's suffering because other people's suffering was far worse than that's that's discounts your own emotion and feeling don't that's just not fair to do right it's just so you know I understand that if if you want to look at it and go, man, other people suffer worse than I do. I understand it. But but that doesn't make your feelings immediately go away. Like, oh, man, you know, things have gone really bad. Well, at least I didn't live in Japan when they dropped a nuclear bomb on our on my city. So, I mean, at this point, you can find you can find such horrific suffering for other people that you would never be able to feel bad about anything that 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 discounts your own emotions it's it's one thing to acknowledge other people suffer worse. That's okay. But you still got to deal with your emotions and you've got to be prepared for the suffering and how you're going to respond to it. And the main thing is to be prepared for it's coming. It's on its way. Just like those seven years of famine were coming for Egypt, I don't know how long the period of time is coming, but it's coming. I don't know if it's going to be cancer. I don't know if it's going to be the death, death of a loved one. Way unexpected. I don't know if something horrible is going to happen to a child. I don't know what's going to happen, but tragedy is coming. Tragedy is coming. Prepare today, all right? Doesn't mean you live in fear. It, doesn't mean, it just means that you know that when you get that phone call, when it all goes bad, Well, I was warned that it was coming. Doesn't mean you celebrate it and go, yay, it it arrived. It's not like, no, it's just you, it it just, at least you have some idea that, okay, this, this, I was told this was coming. I told, I was told this was about to happen. I I was told this was coming. And it, it, it arrived. Another verse, um, he has 2 Timothy 3:12 I'll read it from the version he gave here. Indeed all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Right? Um I think I think that there's I think there's a lot of uh I think that that's a part of it as well. It may be persecution. It may be tribulation. Suffering is a part of life. Suffering is a part of life. Suffering is coming. I want you to find He gave a couple of verses. There's a couple of more he gave here, but I don't want to, I still want other people to look them up. So I don't want to just give you everything. Remember Bible study exercise is not me just teaching. It's trying to get you involved in the process. Find a number of verses. Remember, I think I said five if possible, or maybe I said three. I can't remember now. Uh, Try to find as many, try to find as at least three a minimum. Try to get five of verses that would give you the idea that the Bible tells you suffering is coming. Suffering is a part of life. Again, there is one in Job. Oh, I wish I knew exactly where it was, but uh, that I'm thinking of. But I'm not going to look up look it up right now. But that, that'll give you another place to look. He gave one in Philippians one. He gave one in Ecclesiastes, which is an interesting one. All right. Uh, Uh, I'll just read this from Ecclesiastes eleven eight. See, I'm going to end up giving you two. I'm doing all the work for you. Okay, that's actually this person did all the work for you. But okay, indeed, if a man should live many years, let him rejoice in them all, and let him remember the days of darkness, for they will be many. Everything that is to come will be futility. (laughs) That's 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 woo. That's a that's an upbeat verse, but it just demonstrates that you have to acknowledge. The pain and trials that will come in life. They will. They will. They will. I, I have to be reminded of that. I mean, everyone knows I have seizure disorders. I have, have lots of neurological. I had some serious issues going on last night. I don't know what was going on. I woke up this morning, some serious things happening, but I'm here. Um, but I don't know. Maybe today is going to be a day. I mean, it feels like it, it's coming. I'm going to have a massive seizure. Maybe it's today, but you know what? I mean, I, when I got my seizure disorder, I mean, it wasn't something I wanted, But I, I, you know, what, what would make me think that that couldn't happen to me? Right. I know, I know I've seen people suffer from from cancer, die of cancer. Who says that's not going to happen to me? So when I get the cancer diagnosis one day, if it happens, suffering's coming. You say that's a kind of a defeatist attitude. No, it's a realistic attitude. I mean, I'm going to die of something, right? All right. So that's suffering is coming. All right, uh, that's, and that, that's how you prepare. In a sense, you're preparing because you know that suffering is on its way. In other words, you just need verses that remind you that suffering is on its way. It's a normal part of the human experience, right? I know Christianity sells it that if you come to Jesus, there's no more suffering. No, that's just garbage. Coming to Jesus does not ensure the removal of suffering. In fact, in many cases, it, it's, it may increase it in certain ways. Because if anyone who seeks to live godly is gonna be persecuted, right? Now, so that's, suffering is coming, verses. then, to prepare for suffering. Now, I know all of this is preparation, but then verses that would really be important to to have down, to prepare. And this, this is an interesting one someone gave. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words Uh, of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, we have to put this in context of the Sermon on the Mount. So in some ways, Jesus is saying that this really ends the Sermon on the Mount. So if you consider my entire sermon, right? So if we take the Sermon on the Mount and try to learn all of those lessons on the Sermon on the Mount, we try to See what Jesus is saying. Now, remember, the Sermon on the Mount is also going to condemn you because you're never going to complete it perfectly. But it does give you principles. If we take these principles and ideas on the Sermon on the Mount, then we will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall for it has been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against the house and it fell and great was its fall. All right. Now, there's there's a lot of implications in Matthew 7, 24 through 27 there. There's a lot of like, okay, so how does this relate to the Sermon on the Mount? Does the does the, the rain... Coming upon the house, is that a sense of God's judgment and how do we avoid that judgment? Okay, there's a lot we could go here, but there is an application here. And the point is this, what to prepare for suffering, you need God's word. You need, to, you need to read it, you need to memorize it, and you need to try to remember the principles of it and be willing to try to follow those principles. You need God's word. In other words, to prepare for suffering, think of it this way. This is the way I, this is the way I would think of it. You got to know suffering is coming. That's the initial dream given by Pharaoh. To prepare for suffering was Joseph saying, gather up all the corn, gather up everything. In other words, gather up, I'll just say it, I'll use it this way. Gather up all the bread, gather up all the spiritual food, gather up the spiritual meat, gather up the spiritual milk, gather up the, the manna, gather it all up. All the illustrations used to describe God's word, right? It is meat, it is milk, it is bread store it up. And you store it up by reading it, by memorizing, by knowing it, by trying to be living out these principles. Because it's very difficult when everything falls apart to just all of a sudden go, wait a minute, now I need to try to live these principles. You have to start living out those principles, but you need to have these principles basically ready. When everything falls apart, you can open up the storehouse and there's your bread. There's your meat. There's your milk. It's God's word. And that's the rock you got to be standing on. You got to stand on that rock today. You can't wait to try to find the rock when the flood comes and you're trying to swim around going, where is it? Where I can't find the rock. I can't. Yeah, because you needed to have it memorized and ready to go before. This is an interesting one. I didn't even think about this one. He put Ephesians six eleven. put on the full armor of God. Now, spiritual armor, is that a critical element to being, to, to being prepared for suffering? that suffering is involved in a spiritual war. That's an interesting concept. So so suffering is coming. He gave us some verses to do that. Prepare for suffering. He gave us some verses to try to prepare. What verses would you put down to prepare yourself for suffering? Now, the first set, all of this is preparation, but specifically the first set is just to remind you that it's coming. You have to have that knowledge. Second, to prepare for suffering. I will argue that in a roundabout way, what's going to prepare me for suffering are verses like in what we just read in Genesis. Um, See if I can find it here. When Joseph shows up, see here, uh, verse 25, and Joseph said unto Pharaoh, the dream of Pharaoh is one. God hath showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. I think one of the things that we, to prepare us for suffering is to have verses that remind us that God works all things according to his good pleasure and will. One of the ways to prepare me for suffering is to be constantly reminded that God is in charge of whatever suffering I encounter. That it's not happening apart from God's knowledge or will. That's one of the great things I love about Job. And I would go to, to Job here because Job acknowledges, hey, God gives, God takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He acknowledges God's involved in this. Hey, God blessed me. Now God's taking away from me. He acknowledges God's involvement in it. You have to see God's. And if you're going to prepare yourself for suffering, know God's sovereignty. Now, in some ways that may make you bitter, but you've got to just realize God's involved in it. He hadn't left you. He didn't abandon you. He's, He's involved in it so you need verses to to remind you that it's coming you need verses to prepare you and then uh, he gave a bunch here to deal with suffering now once the suffering arrives so so you know it's coming you've prepared for it boom now you get hit with it how do you deal with suffering while it is occurring right uh he uh he gave uh a couple of scriptures here all right Um, this is an interesting one. Romans 8, 18, for I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. How to deal with suffering. Don't focus on the present suffering, but on the promised glory. That, that, that's, that's a good one. That, that's an interesting one. Um, Romans 8, 28, for we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pain of childbirth together. And not only this, but we ourselves having the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves groan within our bodies, waiting eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. We, we look to the, we look to, in the midst of suffering, we look to, um, the glory that will be revealed and we look to the redemption of our bodies. In other words, we, we look, no, think of it this way no matter how bad the suffering is for us it's as bad as it's ever as bad as it's ever going to be things are going to get better in the sense that we are promised glory and a new body no more pain no more suffering and no more death you could throw in revelation here where there's no more pain and no more suffering and no more death in other words this is as bad as it's ever going to be it's only it's going to your future is is better than than what you're experiencing now, so it doesn't make it easy, but it just makes it realize that, oh man, I'm suffering, but I have an eternity. A, a new, there's going to be glory. There's going to be a new body. There's not going to be any more pain, suffering, or death. And that's in the book of Revelation. You may want to throw that in. Those are those are some important verses in how to deal with suffering. Um, they have James five eleven here. We count those those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. James 1.12, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Right? So there's a blessing that comes from that. Uh, he has been approved. He will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. All right. Um, this is an interesting one. Second Corinthians twelve seven through ten, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason to, to keep me from exalting myself, this was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. In the midst of suffering, think about how that suffering may actually be instrumental in your spiritual development. It will keep you humble and then rejoice in that that which makes you weak, that suffering, so that ultimately God will be glorified, and that you may actually be better off spiritually for it. That's not always easy to do, but I think that's an interesting verse to consider. All right, First Peter one six through seven. In this, you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In the midst of suffering, you have to ask yourself what's most important? Relief? For comfort, for uh, suffering to stop? So think of it. So what's most important to you when you suffer? When, when trial and suffering occurs? Relief in the midst of suffering, the suffering to stop or suffering to be used to purge your faith so that it will be more pure and you can bring more glory to God. What's most important? God's purpose and God's glory are your, you avoiding suffering, you, you, you avoiding pain. Is your comfort more important than God's glory? We need verses to remind us that, no, it's about God's glory. That's what's most important, all right? Um, here's Here's another one, Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. One of the things we can do in the midst of it is pray. So those are verses Suffering is coming. You need to find as many verses as possible, just to let you know, man, it's on its way. It's on its way. It's on its way. So that when it happens, you're like, I knew it was coming. Like when famine hit, Pharaoh knew why. Everybody, Joseph knew why. Hey, Pharaoh. Uh, hey, everyone. That that suffering we told you about, it's here. Seven. And it's going to be for seven years. We may not be know. We may not know the length, but we know it's on its way. So when it arrives at your door, you get that delivery. You know. They ring the doorbell and you open the door and you're like, uh-oh, there's the box. Okay, nobody opened the box, everyone get away because it's it's whatever time of suffering it just arrived, it was delivered. You you know it's on its way, okay? You, you can check your tracker, it's on its way, all right? So you need to start preparing for it. So you need to find verses that will prepare you for what you need to do. And then once you open the box and the suffering now spreads through your home and your family and there's, Pain and suffering, and it's very real, and no one should be no one should diminish their suffering. No one should diminish their emotions. They should not deny them. They should not pretend it's not real. They should express that pain. We see that in the book of Job. He expressed it. It's okay to express it, but you need to be able, how do you deal with it? Well, you can focus on the glory that's coming. You can focus on the redemption of your body. You can focus on the fact that there's gonna be no more pain, no more suffering in heaven. You can focus that this is as bad as it's ever going to be. And you're going to have an eternity where all of the suffering is going to end. That's a good way to help dealing with it. You can think about the fact that, yeah, you're suffering, but rejoice that God may be using that suffering to humble you. And and you rejoice in your weakness so that God can be glorified. You you realize what was most important is the the purifying of your faith. Not Not the removal of the suffering or the ending of the suffering or your comfort, but God's glory. That's what's most important. God's purpose. All right. I'm just going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there. I, I want you to, I want you to get that. I want you to get that, that your kit prepared. I want your, your, your prepared, prepare I want your, I, I don't know which word I want to use here. I want, I don't know what we want to call this. I want your troubled times kit prepared for trouble times kit, ready to go. I'm sorry, I'm stumbling over my words there. I'm trying to think of a clever way to come up with it, but I need you to have your, uh, what's it called? Is it called uh, preppers? Yeah, it was at the show that was on uh, one of the, uh, uh, I can't remember which channel. And they had a show about people, uh, preppers, who prepared for the end of the world, right? Well, you need to have your, uh, I was trying to think of it, your preppers kit. Maybe that's the word. Your troubled times prepper kit, ready to go so that you're prepared when it all when it's all on its way, and you and you and and I and I know it sounds crazy, but you need a, a verse on your refrigerator because you probably spend a lot of time opening it. That show a verse that says tr- trouble is coming, pain is coming, suffering is coming. And and when your kids go, "What's that verse, mommy?" Oh, that's that's a, that's a verse about a package that's on its way. <laughs> okay, wait. Oh, there's a package on its way. Yeah, but you're not gonna want it when it gets here. Oh, what? It's pain and suffering and trouble no mommy you i don't like you anymore okay but they, they, i mean i'm not saying you should start you know dropping bad news on your kids but i'm saying as they get older they do need to be prepared that trouble will come in their life pain and difficulty is will, will is coming in their life and uh if if they claim to be christians you want to prepare them for that and then how, so you you want them to know what's coming you need verses to prepare you for when for its arrival, and then you need those verses to help you to sustain you through it. You need your troubled times prepper kit. We'll call it that. Troubled times prepper kit. It's coming. Difficult times prepper kit. Suffering prepper, whatever you want to call it. If you don't like the word prepper, um, whatever you want to call it. Your, your, your kit to prepare you. Or we could just simplify it. Your trouble troubling times kit. There you go. Like, I, I haven't come up with a clever name. I'm not good with clever names, but the concept is there for you to work on, right? Work it out. And I re- I mean it. Have the verses down. Have them ready to go. I know you think I'm crazy, but have them ready to go because it, it's going to happen. And it may be significant, horrible. It just may be the inconveniences of life. I've already told you my, my week, everyone... We started this on, what, Saturday, and then by Sunday, everything had gone horribly wrong for me. And Wednesday, it got even worse. And I, you know what? I wasn't thinking, well, Lord, Lord, you're in charge here. And, and you know, you, you, you do whatever you need to do to purify my family. I was like, this is a bunch of garbage. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, that's, that's how I wasn't handling it in a spiritual way. Uh, yeah, Job nine seventeen. Twilight just put, for he breaketh me with a temp- tempest and multiplieth my wounds without cause. Yeah, that that's Job expressing his pain. I think Job has a verse somewhere in there talking about basically trouble is like the 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 thing a human being experiences. It's like the 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 life of a man is full of trouble and difficulty and, and sparks. And I can't remember all the words that he uses. of... That he, he just talks about how the human life is full of of suffering. That it's kind of like what this is what the human life is full of. But yeah, there's uh, Job definitely expresses his frustration. He constantly understands that it's God involved. That that's that's my the favorite part I have with Job is he 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 acknowledges God's doing it. It's like in, in modern Christianity, we're like it's not God, it's it's Satan. Now Satan was involved, but God was the one controlling the whole process. So, all right, there you go. I'm gonna stop right there. All right. There you have it. I, I hope I hope this I, I mean I'm checking in, but I'm also trying to help you finish this strong because I just I just know that it troubles coming. I mean I'm telling you, it's it's the delivery is on its way. So scriptures that tell you it's on its way scriptures to prepare you for when you open the package and then scriptures to help you deal with the suffering once it escapes the package and spreads through your life. And I don't know what it's going to be. I I wish I could tell you no suffering is coming. I wish I could tell you that, but it's on its way. And I don't know what it's going to be, but I want you ready for it. All right, I'll stop right there. You can email me your thoughts, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at um uh we've had some people email me this week about the a- access to the Bible study exercise. I did email you back a link if I didn't hear back. If you did not get the link, email me again. I will do everything I can to ensure that you have the link so that you can look at the Bible study curriculum, I should say, the Bible study curriculum. And uh, if you want to be a part of the Discord group, I had some people ask me about the Discord group. I I I sent them an uh an email with a link. If you wanna be a part of the Discord group, just email me and I'll send you a link and then you can be right there and you can participate in the discussion. We've had good discussions today. Great discussions today already about some of the live broadcast and I'm hoping there's some good discussions between today and tomorrow about, well, this concept of Joseph, well, letting them know, hey, you've been told suffering is coming. Here's how to prepare for it. And then here's what you do when it gets here. And when they get here, they just opened the storehouse and they had everything they needed to sustain themselves through the suffering. And we've got we've got it right here. It's God's word. So, all right. But if you need anything, email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks to everyone for listening. Have a great, great, great day, a great Friday evening. And uh, I'll probably, I'll be back tomorrow. I don't know what we'll do tomorrow. I know what we, we need to do theology of conscience tomorrow. So we'll probably make that a priority. I got the Catholic catechism right here. We'll get back to that. Uh, because we need to uh, finish that section up so that we can move on in The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. So that's definitely something we will do. And um, yeah, there's, there's about 50 other things we need to do, but I'll stop there. Everyone have a great day. God bless.